This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hey now, boys and girls, welcome into show number 81 of the Pucknologists here on Teal Town, USA. As always, remember to hit the subscribe button, follow us on Twitter, and do all those social media kind of like things right there. I'm your host, AJ underscore strong, and with me, the usual suspects, Rocket Backhander, what it is. I own everything. Everything is mine. Rocket Backhander, how you doing? All right, and this this is going to become the new intro now. You love to see it, hockey jerk. <laughs> Lego my ego. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, we have just witnessed Joey Chestnut and Matt Stoney absolutely destroy Tanya and the Barracuda in a waffle eating contest. <laughs> so <laughs> good on you. But hey, speaking of waffles, what? Does that mean it's time to go, of course, to the Hot Takery Bakery? Yeah. Hey, now, I've been waiting for a transition to get us there. So, I, I'm not even going to say anything to start. I'm just going to show it to you. If this is the future, I want to go back. so i am showing you now for those listening audio only if you watch the youtube version of this we are showing you the colorado stadium series jersey that was leaked and then finally released i i'm don't even who the hell are they playing (laughs) uh los angeles oh god i wonder if they're gonna hold my beer over this uh so (laughs) uh, yeah Yeah, those all white numbers that LA had that one year for the outdoor games pretty atrocious. So I have a feeling they might outdo Colorado in the in the uh, category of most ugly jersey. Yeah. Well, so initial thoughts, jerk. Well, <clears throat> um, <laughs> wow, a lot to unpack here. <laughs> I don't know. I, um, ha- I hate to see it. <laughs> I, 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 I'll say I, I give them I give them full marks for creativity, right? Because. Most jerseys, I would say 100% of all jerseys, they have a tangible logo on the front, while on this one, it appears to be the actual material makeup or the material that is making the logo. So full marks for creativity. You obviously have the big A to signify avalanche, in case that wasn't obvious. You got the mountains on there, which I believe is a callback to the, um, the Colorado Rockies, who used to play in the NHL for like a second. Um, we'll see. I mean, we have to take it with a grain of salt. The first, uh, viewing of this we saw was a youth fanatics Jersey, which is not really doing anybody any favors. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping, uh, the Adidas version, you know, in an on ice capacity, I think will maybe make it look a little better, but yeah, first impression, I, I like the creativity, but I don't like anything else about it. And it makes me, (laughs) it makes me worry that because they want to make it match like thematically. It makes me think the LA one is going to be as bad, if not worse. Yep. Please put a huge L on the front of LA's. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to come out with like a, a neon Burger King 
jersey. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. If they had a freaking neon Burger King jersey, yeah. I'm will, down with that. I will say, too, a couple things on this one. Uh, I saw this, and I, I shot it over to our our jersey uh, private chat, and uh, I was going to tweet it out and be, like, the first scoop, and then I was like, eh, you know what? Uh, whatever. And then, of course, everybody else on Twitter, like, an hour later, is like, oh, my God, did you see this? And I'm like, damn it. I could have got some clout there. Yeah. But uh, a lot of people on Reddit were saying, you know, it's so ugly, I hate it. Where do I buy one? So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Like, I, I almost feel like the NHL might have that kind of an idea. Like, okay, we're going to make something so obnoxiously bad <laughs> that people are, it, it will just drive sales even more because it will literally be a case of no one will ever see this again. I better get one. <laughs> in fact, I better buy two so I can sell one in 10 years, you know? Oh. <laughs> I just, I can't. And I and I put on Twitter when I saw this, I said, you could slap a big J on the back. I'm still not buying it. I'm not doing it. I can't. I can't. But anyway, that's that's definitely, uh, that's, a, that's a hot takery bakery moment, to say the least. Oof. Oof. That jersey. All right. So let's move on and go around the NHL before Rocket implodes. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk. We finally see it. Now, we talked to Drew Remenda about this when Kovalchuk came on the scene with LA and we we're like, what did you think about that? Because if you remember, the Sharks were also mentioned in the Kovalchuk sweepstakes. Thank God that one didn't work out. Uh, but Drew was like, yeah, I didn't see that working out. I don't see it working out. I don't think it's going to happen. And now it's been announced he's getting the Spanish archer. That's right. El Bo. Now, what's the deal, Jerk? Something about December and a, in a, I don't know, a bonus or something, and then they'll buy buy him out. Yeah. So, <clears throat> with Ilya Kovalchuk, the way his contract is structured, uh, he has a signing bonus that's going to be paid to him uh, on December the fifteenth of this year of our Lord twenty nineteen, <laughs> and after that signing bonus is paid the only money that is owed to Kovalchuk is I want to say in the neighborhood of $700,000 for the rest of this regular season, which obviously makes him a more attractive option for a team to trade for. And I, I, I understand a lot of people are like, Oh, I told you so on this one, but <laughs> me being ever the optimist, I still think there's something there. Like if you get him in the right environment with the right team, I, there's no reason to think he can't. Now when uh, you say there, are you talking about him or you mean Russia? <laughs> no, I I like I really think if if he's I mean him signing with LA I think was dumb to begin with. I mean, this is a guy he's in the NHL, in the KHL like is a pretty nasty goal scorer and point scorer and is looking for a Stanley Cup after, you know, picking up a couple of Russian championships. Thanks for coming. So why are you going to sign with one of the worst teams in the NHL? I, I mean, I don't well, get it. He he has well, money, so that's not the issue. But let me ask you this, though. Was there a Stanley Cup contender other than San Jose that was knocking on his door? I don't, when L.A. made uh, that deal with him, I wouldn't say L.A. was considered a contender at that point. Yeah, if it wasn't L.A., it was going to be San Jose or the Boston Bruins. Ugh. Although I will say that Kovalchuk would have been a nice fit for the Bruins. I, yeah, I think so too. I mean, he definitely 
Kovalchuk is he's that like run and gun kind of player. He's going to get you points if you. I don't want to say he's the same player as Eric Carlson, but it's a thing where if you just let him do what he's good at, he's going to make you happy. And I, I'm going to let the joke go, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I was there. Yeah, <laughs> like I like I'm not saying the Sharks should trade another draft pick for somebody of this caliber, but I, I think if after that December 15th uh, salary signing bonus payout, I think if he does get moved to a better team, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go off. Well, all right, let's move on. Um, Okay. Rocket, I don't know about you, but during preseason, might have had a little fun with the Twitter machine and pointing out the fact that Vegas was popping off and having a good time for setting a preseason attendance record, which I'm sure is probably maybe a little bit easier to do when you're a fresh brand new you know thing in the nhl Mm, let's see what else was going on when that happened oh yeah they were giving out bobbleheads and again i have to say this for the bajillionth time so people don't make stupid assumptions but no i'm not saying that the bobblehead thing promotion that they had was the only reason but you're a fool if you don't think it contributed some value to it that being said it was also like about 100 degrees out during the time when they're playing hockey in a nice air-conditioned facility. But either way, they're having a good time with that. And so we put it out and said with a screenshot that had, you know, preseason attendance record, whatever. And I very humorously just put it out and said, hey, that's that's awesome. You know, we remember our first beer. We remember when we were fresh in, in, in shiny new franchise. Good for them. You know, because the Sharks, they were doing the same thing when they first came in. And just about every other franchise in their first couple of years when the honeymoon is still in full bloom. However, we are six weeks into the season or so. And let's see, what do we see here? I mean, you tell me. Um, I'm seeing a bunch of people wearing Vegas jerseys exiting the building I'm seeing a lot of empty seats, and yet the game is still being played. This video, of course, coming from at Brian News 3LV, who is a uh, works for the local TV station there, I believe, does sports. And I don't know if this is an all-time troll because it's really funny that he shows all these people mass exodus, all the empty seats, and then goes right to the scoreboard to show you that there's still almost three minutes left in this game. And Vegas is down by three goals, but it's also a case of it's not as if Vegas fans are unfamiliar with seeing a rapid amount of goals scored in a very short period of time. Right. So uh, what do you think about that, Rocket? Do you, you know, uh, well, is the honeymoon over? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know because, you know, we have this problem here in San Jose sometimes with, uh, with Caltrain. You know, and if a game goes long because there was a lot of stoppages in play or some junk like that, it went to overtime, went to a shootout. Sometimes you got to leave early in order to catch that last train. And it does seem, especially because there's a, a, a dense population of, of commuter fans, you know, more so than with, with the football team. Um, was it a case but, of the cover charge at Cheetahs was about to kick in? So <laughs> I don't know. But like, it, anyway, so what, like I was saying, in San Jose, like, you know, like it'll be, 
two, three minutes left, five minutes left, and you'll see this mass exodus of people. And it's not that they they don't want to stay and support their team. It's that they need to get their asses home. And so maybe all of those people were uh, using public transit and that game was running a little bit longer than normal and they needed to all leave in order to catch their shuttle. Also, Donnie and Marie's last show was in <laughs> Las Vegas, and it may have coincided with that. Because, like, I'm serious. Donnie and Marie have been doing a, a residency in Las Vegas for, I think, 11 years, something like that. And they just ended their run. So it was kind of special. And for, you know, that that section of people who want to want to go witness that, I'm pretty sure that they thought that that moment was a little bit more special than watching their hockey team lose to Chicago. <laughs> all right hockey jerk uh for those of you who are unaware hockey jerk has recently relocated and if you could jerk please point yourself out uh i'm the one i'm the one holding the camera <laughs> job brian yes <laughs> no i'm just kidding uh i i am off screen i'm uh i was in the concourse uh near the entrance i was doing jumping jacks wearing a uh, Ryan Carpenter, Blackhawks jersey, as you know, Ryan Carpenter used to play for Vegas, and everything I'm saying is made up. Um, no, I was laughing at this, obviously, because I, I do recall the enjoyment, we'll say, in selling out a preseason game, um, and I was also at a Vegas Golden Knights game where I saw a very similar situation, a lot of people leaving, um, pissed off, and I mean, my own personal beliefs is like, if you're going to pay the ticket, even if the, your team is losing stay until the game's over. That's just my own personal beliefs. But at the same time, you know, you're down by three and, you know, maybe they're going to raise the minimum bet at the crafts table. So you want to get there quick. <laughs> I don't know, but the amazing Jonathan, I think still has a show in, in uh, Vegas as well. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it'd be nice if David Copperfield could make that five go away, but you know, he can't. <laughs> so. Nice. Nice. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not one of these people. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to say, oh, my God, your fans suck because they're leaving early because at I'm, least their fans show up. I'm you not. What's going to happen is they're going to run a promotion in order to get the fans back. They're going to get David Blaine to suspend from the scoreboard in a big puddle of water for like a week. <laughs> You'd love to see it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My whole thing about this, though, is just, OK, Vegas fans, stop adding us. You know, if you want to sit there and talk about empty seats or whatever, we we you can point to so many arenas in the middle of a week versus a team, yeah, and and you're not, you know, you're down three goals. Give me a break, like stop, okay? It happens. God, wait welcome. Wait Seattle gets here and yeah. they're no longer the youngest in the group. Welcome oh my God, they're to the have middle child freaking NHL, okay? Yep. Just welcome to the freaking NHL. Hey, speaking of welcome to the freaking NHL, um, welcome Darcy Kemper. You, my friend, are my spirit animal after ragdolling Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> For those of you unaware, Arizona and Calgary had themselves <laughs> a little bit of a game and uh, all hell broke loose after Jason Demers, former Sharks Alert, daddy, uh, gets a cross check and then gets checked yet again when he was already down and then all hell broke loose. But my all-time favorite, all-time favorite part of this whole melee in the video of everything is as soon as Kemper ragdolls Kachuk, throws him down near suplex style, 
they have the wide angle shot of this melee. And it's so cute to see Riddick just full bore trying to skate all 200 feet, all padded up. It's just one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always amusing when the goalies get involved. Oh, bless you. It, okay? It's a blast. <laughs> it's a blast. So, uh, what? What? I mean, what? How did you like this one? Were you able to see this, uh, or you know, catch all the video of this before Rock? I saw a little bit of it. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Kachina jerseys for the win. Yes. If it, the Arizona Coyotes really should just make a home and an away version of that sweater and wear it forever and ever and ever. Well, this entire um, game was like a real Jersey win, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I I think that this fight, man, this is such a good fight and so like unnecessary as well because uh, it just was superfluous why why this happened and the fact that they got both the goalies involved i think really makes this a special event because generally you don't see the goalies involved you know usually it's just like the forwards maybe a couple of the d yeah this was like a straight up i don't know there there must have been something else going on throughout the game that led to this i don't think this was just like oh you did that i'm pretty sure it's you know well, uh, reparations for a lot of <laughs> crap that went on in that game. I didn't get to see the whole game. All right. Sorry. Jerk, uh, you had to have loved to see it. Uh, so the first thing that stood out to me in this was that uh, Johnny Gaudreau was whining, which is, is not Shocker. any news. Yeah. Um, never want to call a guy out, but, um, you know, grow the F up. Uh, number two, um, <laughs> I, like, I like what Rocket said because – with, with these kinds of situations, they're so rare now where when they do happen, like Rocket said, it's a very special thing and it's it's a lot of fun to watch. And and I've always said that, you know, when you see like the star players getting into the fracas, it, it shows you where like the anger levels are at. And I, I think this is a prime example. I mean, David Riddick, David Riddick is not happy at all. And, and you know, he's he's trying to let Darcy Kemper know that he's not. And by the way, Darcy Kemper taking a freaking right hook right to the lips and is totally up before you knew it you gotta love it it's like trying to watch the michelin man get into a fight <laughs> it's like um it's like if you <clears throat> like how they have um how they have inflatable jousting except if the competitors were <laughs> ex- except if the competitors were wearing those inflatable sumo suits as well oh, yes. no but i i would have liked That's to have so seen true. them sell the ticket for this where it's just like on a very special episode of Flames versus Dogs. There you go. Uh, finally, around the NHL. Oh boy, this the, I, I already feel like this is going to go way too long, but let's get into it. Oh, this one. Oh, Calvert, 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 Calvert. <laughs> For those of you who are unaware, Calvert takes a Elias Pettersson shot to the dome. And is down for 13 seconds. He makes an attempt to get up. Clearly, his bell is rung so hard. But 13 seconds later, Vancouver would finally score. And then the officials would whistle it. Despite the fact that right after the shot occurs, you can see Pedersen like literally stop, look at the bench, and, and was kind of like, okay, we need to put a, you know, the brakes on this for a hot second. A lot of the players did that. And officials were like, play on, boys. You guys got the uh, control of the puck, so we're just going to let it go. And doesn't matter. Uh, 
so I guess my question number one is how fast do you think a whistle would have occurred had a bad puck flow? We've seen it so many times. A puck, a puck gets deflected off somebody's shaft. It'll fly out into the crowd, fly up into the netting, fly into the bench. If it flew and dinged an official in the same area and he started leaking, if there was a play still happening that could turn into a scoring play, you, you think the officials would still swallow those whistles? No, not at all. I, I, I think if a referee or a linesman goes down, I think it's you blow it right away. That that end door gets flung open and it's and, and you know, it's go time for you know, doctors and all that sort of thing. And I, I understand why the play was allowed to continue. It is a rule that it, you don't get the whistle until you get the puck. But at the same time, and I don't want to be super over the top, but like what if something really, really, really serious happened to Matt Calvert there? Something with like maybe some long-term or some permanent implications happens that could have been erased had the referee just said, okay, this guy is leaking in the offensive zone. Let's whoop, blow it, you know? And I, I understand it's a rule, but that doesn't mean I have to like it. And I don't like it on this situation because it, it's, it's bad, with, especially with hockey players. You know it's bad if they're not up on their feet and skating on their own power to the bench. Like he was down. You could see he's the blood coming out of like his ear. Like yeah. it, it's not even a matter of following the rules. Like it should have been a judgment call. Well, and struggling to get up to. We, we've literally seen Sharks players take shots chicklets coming out mm -hmm. and you see it like get angry or whatever and they'll just immediately i think i've seen couture that happen too like he takes a really bad shot he just flips off his helmet starts going straight to the bench grabs the towel boom he's into the dressing room that's it at least in that case he's able to skate off under his own power this guy cannot get up and it's like play on boys yeah well, I, to 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 kind of Put that in context. You have to remember that Logan's been smacked in the choppers about, I don't know, 50 times in the last four <laughs> years. So by now, like, he's established a protocol. He he knows what to do. Like, it's just, okay, oh, no, dentist again. But poor Calvert, this is probably the first time it's happened to him. Well, <sighs> see, and this is the other thing I also want to note, too. I might have to, like, drop in a clip of this right here, but... Uh, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. There is plenty of video of Calvert throwing some dirtiness around the league. Mm. So let's. I'm not saying the hockey gods are, are bringing the karma back his way again. I it, regardless of the player, I don't care if it's Sidney Crosby in that situation. I don't care if it's Michael Haley in that situation. If a dude is leaking after taking a shot to the dome, you just straight blow the whistle. Like yeah. this, humanity is more important than a goddamn hockey game. And again, I go back to the idea of if it was an official that that happened to, it, not even a second would have happened before that whistle would have been blown. So I guarantee you there will be a clarification on it in the officiating circles and they'll probably make a change to um, the way that they call that kind of situation from now on. Oh, there's, and we, I guess we can call that the Calvert rule. Yep. Uh, what, 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 we, what was introduced last, last summer? The, the Timo Meyer rule. So <laughs> the Timo Meyer rule, the Pavelski rule, <laughs> the, the Landeskog <laughs> rule. The... <laughs> I, 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 I just think too, to kind of put a bow on that segment, like, 
take us take out the fact that obviously he's bleeding from the head, which is already scary. But he took he's by the way when he's down on the ice, he's still in the shooting lane. So there is definitely possibility that he could get hit again. But yeah. <clears throat> or somebody could trip over he, him. Exactly. He took a puck off it to me. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell at the angles that that Sportsnet provided, but it looks to me he took that puck somewhere between the ear and the temple, which if anybody who's had a concussion before... He's he's lucky he didn't get knocked out. That's what I'm saying. That's a pretty easy spot to get a concussion, and speaking as somebody who's had a concussion, I got hit between the ear and the temple. So I'm just saying, with how much the NHL is concerned about head injuries, I, I think... Maybe in the moment, I think this would still happen, but I would hope that the NHL is like, okay, this is a head-related thing. We really need to crack down on this new rule, new interpretation, new something to prevent this from happening again. Yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> it, it can't. It's just it's ridiculous, and mm-hmm. it, it it's one of those ideas. Of, well, here, let me take it a step further. For the longest time, for like a hundred years, there were no nets that were, you know, extending the glass barriers behind the goals, right? And then about whatever it was, I want to say it was almost 20 years ago, I believe it was in Columbus, a puck deflects off somebody's stick, flies out into the crowd, hits a girl in the head, and I believe she passed away in less than a week. And what happened? Netting. At Netting. every every building, every practice, everything after that, just, just that one time. Uh, so, what are we going to? See? What's the change we're going to see from something like this? And you know, this is a case of this has happened before. So, anyway, I'll. Uh, all right, let's put the uh, soapbox away and move on to. <laughs> oh boy, the week of sharks hockey. Uh, I don't. I'm I'm not sure what happened to the old sharks. This is the new. Sh- oh no! I'm sorry. The Redeemer has arrived. Shimmick. Oh, you gorgeous beast! You six and zero oh with Shimmick. The last week of hockey included games against Edmonton, Anaheim, and Detroit. Sharks go three and zero. Oh. Also, want to say uh, prior to the Chicago game, Bergman and Shimmick were called up, foreseen by AJ. Just saying, and Brodzinski went down. Uh, but I, I'm looking for my points, people. Uh, Edmonton. Yeah, 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 yeah. You already got them. All right. Uh, Drew Remenda, friend of the show, Drew Remenda in the house for a 6-3 win versus Ed- Drew. <laughs> 13 different Sharks grab at least one point while holding McJesus to a single shot on goal. He did get an assist. However, nice way to keep him at bay. And hopefully we see, we see a lot of tape on this for the boys because Edmonton is the next game for the boys. Then Anaheim, Sharks battle back twice from one goal deficits, score four of five ways in a 5-3 win as Hurdle takes an awkward knee buckle that made every fan lose their mind <laughs> as a big Hurdle fan as I am. Uh, but four or five different ways you get a Burns power play, Kane, Shorty, Couture, Empty Netter, Hurdle, Potts, two, five on five. Uh, Dalton Prout would return to this game and have next to no impact in this, aside from taking DeLaurier off the ice for five minutes. Then the Sharks come back after playing at the pond and have Shark Freak Night. And what happened was LeBanc turned out to be the freak because he was involved in 
all the scoring. <laughs> Fourth, and he didn't go to the box to serve the bench miner. Right? Four three freak incident. Four three shootout win. LeBanc scores the first goal, gets the secondary assist on the second goal, primary assist on the third, and the only one to score in the shootout. So what do we like? What do we not like over this last week? Rocket, where what where are where's give me all that positivity that 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 needs to happen from a six game win streak. Okay, six game win streak. I'm excited about this, but not uh... Oh crap, here we go. Yeah, I, you know, I got to stay balanced, all right? Because, like, I I don't, that's if what, I stay balanced. There's medications for that. <laughs> that's if you have, that's if you can afford health insurance. Hello. Oh, hey, now. Um, so, if you, this is a six-game win streak against some good teams and some teams that are struggling right now. But since the Sharks have a, a kind of a, a bad habit of losing against garbage teams, that's that's a good sign, I think, that they can they can beat the crap teams. And some teams that aren't crap looked like absolute crap against San Jose, which was kind of refreshing. Um, I, I will say that this last game, I, I think Eric Carlson did a good job. He made, he made some good defensive plays and he, he was, he was a defenseman and then he did the other fun stuff, but he was a defenseman and I'm like, yeah, this... blue liner, dude, that's, so it was it was nice to see, you know, like I know he wants to get all up in the offensive production and stuff like that. And he does. But it's it's still like he needs to remember to play defense, damn it. And he's good at it when he remembers to do it. But he just needs to just focus on one thing. You know, that's all. But I thought I thought that this this six game that this six game winning streak, I think, is a good indication that the Sharks are, are ready to turn it around. They're all starting to, to find their groove and to buy into it as a unit. And my God, what a glorious unit they are. Not where I thought she was going with that jerk. Uh, what did you uh, take from this last week of hockey? And of course, all the stick taps and we can espouse amazing kudos all over EK65. But there have been some other key factors in this. Shimmick. <coughs> but anyway, mm-hmm. jerk. Well, one one thing that I want to bring up before we get rolling here is uh, whatever show it was, um, AJ and I talked about how important home cooking was going to be. And so far, uh, so far, so good. Um, <laughs> but what I liked, I mean, you were talking, Rocket, you were talking about units. Tomash Hurdle is proving to be a unit. I mean, mm. like, can't stop, won't stop. <sighs> we're going to get a metric fl- unit. Dude, we're going to get flagged for like a child unfriendly video after all this talk. But go ahead. <laughs> No, it, you know, I mean, it, it, as the millennial of this podcast, I feel I can bring some <laughs> oh, millennial dude, we get it, vernacular. you're young, go. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, uh, I it, Obviously, Tomas Hurdle has, had, has been the best player the last week, which is really, it's good to see for all the reasons we've been over before. You know, can he play center? Can he take over a game by himself? Yada, yada, yada. And he's done that. Uh but also, I, I think Eric Carlson has played very well. I think the best shift uh, in his tenure as San Jose Shark was on the penalty kill in overtime against um, who the hell did we play yesterday? Detroit. <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> that one team. Those guys. Yeah. Uh, they're so irrelevant that I just forgot. Um, no, but that penalty kill in overtime, I think, is the best 
Sharks hockey he's played. I mean, he took Rocket, like you said, he was playing defense and he blocked a shot. And in my head, I'm like, all right, Vlasic. Yeah, he blocked <laughs> yeah, a shot. I'm exactly. like, hell, I'm like, hell yeah, Vlasic. And then he turned around. I saw six five. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I and obviously Carlson, he's getting into the offense as well. He scored a goal against Detroit. He's put up some assists, which is fantastic as well. Kevin LeBanc, this is obviously a huge year for him, and he's played very well playing with Couture. Barkley Goodrow is like he doesn't even remember what the doghouse looks like because yeah. he's he's in the the owner's mansion now like he's he's had the best year of his career and he's playing with Hurdle and Meyer and he doesn't stand out which i think is just fantastic um a lot of good things going for the Sharks Martin Jones is playing better he still lets in the occasional oh, we're gonna, like we're going to talk about that in a minute still lets in the occasional beach ball but i mean he's making the saves that he should make Okay, funny you bring that up. Let's get into the numbers here. <laughs> now, EK65 plus minus has improved big time. I don't want to get into the whole debate on how remarkable or unremarkable that stat is. Fact of the matter is, it's gotten better. Along with Mark Edward Vlasic, who has also climbed out of the cellar of the plus minus. Uh, Burns, not so much. Even six games with Shimmick. Burns right now leads the team with a minus 16. So, now, conversely, LeBanc is at a minus 12, despite having the ridiculous game versus Detroit. So, these guys are going to crawl out of this. They still got to crawl out of the goal differential, which I think right now they're still like 25th out of 31 teams. So, they dug an early hole. They got to get out of that. That said, you bring up Martin Jones. 905, 808, 960, 875, 906, 893. That was his save percentage over the last six games. Now, obviously, one number stands out there, 960. Mm-hmm. All right, so if you roll that back, it was the game against Nashville, 2-1, to one, shootout win. That And that is a game you can look at and say, Martin Jones stole that game. That one you can look at. So, I mean, 960, holy crap. But over six games, over his last six games, and these are all victories, still average of 891. This guy needs to average above 900, preferably like 910, 912. I don't mind the occasional stinker. Every goalie puts one up. Patrick Waugh did, okay? Brodeur did. Insert favorite goalie name here. They, everybody had a stinker. That said, at 960, again, every goalie is also going to put up a game where you just go, holy hell, how did he stop all of those things. That was amazing. But the it needs to be over 900 a lot more. That needs to be the rule, not the exception. Uh, especially with a team that lost a lot of offensive weapons in the offseason. I, I I would just like to, to say here, and, and again, same thing with plus minus. You can take this information however you like. But mm-hmm. uh, in those in those six games that you referenced, which are obviously the six games the Sharks have most recently won, uh, only one of those games did, um, did the opposing team have over 30 shots on goal. Now, the argument could be made is that – you know, even if you only let in one goal, if you don't see a lot of shots, your save percentage is going to get screwed up by that one goal. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that that's the only way to look at it. It's definitely a way to look at it. And I think maybe you can credit the Sharks defense for being a little more 
stingy when it comes to managing the puck and allowing shots to Martin Jones. So if you want to find a nugget of positivity, but even then to your point, AJ, aside from all of that, you, you have to <sighs> goaltending is so hard because you, you have to make the saves that you should make, but then it's also like, wouldn't it be nice if you could make the saves that you're not supposed to make? And it, it it's tough. I, I, I think, I, I think, even though the save percentage has not been where we want it to be, which like we've talked about is nine ten, I still think considering how many shots the Sharks have allowed, I, I, I don't think it's awful. I mean, I don't think it's great, but I don't think it's necessarily awful either. Well, I mean, I'll even throw out the, the best and worst number. Obviously, the best being 960, the worst being 808. Mm-hmm. If you still just average it out, he's 895. Mm-hmm. So... Now, hopefully the Sharks can manage the amount of rubber that gets near him, uh, limit the shots, and of course, when you limit the shots, if you do let in one, your save percentage versus you know saving one after 50 shots on goal versus one on 19 shots on See, goal. And that's why Mike Smith always looked so good, because he would let in five goals, but he'd make like 40 saves. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh boy. I don't know. Like, you know, look, I want it, I want everything to be rosy. Hey, right now, let's talk about the real fun silver lining and all this. Right now, Vegas is below sh- the Sharks in the standings. <laughs> <laughs> so, you love to see it. <laughs> Kieran, how do we feel about where Logan Couture is at right now? Because, I mean, he's getting the points, but I don't really feel like he's been much of a game breaker lately. Rock? That's just my opinion. Yeah, but I think maybe a little bit of his focus is being uh, diverted into his captaincy. You know? I can see that. Yeah. He's I still can... solid, you know? Oh, 100%. I mean, point per game. You, you can't argue with that. Yeah, I think I think he had a slow start, but he's coming around. You know, a lot of the guys on the team had a slow start. So let's reevaluate by Christmas and see where people are. Maybe look at where they are now versus where they were a year ago and see it's like at least are we seeing some consistency uh again i'm still gonna ask the question why is dalton proud on this team but anyway oh god dude because we need a pylon that was the stupidest thing i've ever seen dude this is what i don't get okay and let's just put this in perspective tim heed plays in a game was like plus two he had an assist uh no penalty minutes Dalton Prout plays the next night for the Barracuda. Uh, like, what was it? Minus two. I think he might have had an assist, but he also had like seven penalty minutes or something like that. And it's, no, two. He had two penalty minutes. But either way, it's like, wait a minute. Let's replace, you know, the guy who's got a howitzer who just got an assist and it was a fantastic shot that got through. Nice tip. But also... Uh, you know, was positive on the plus minus, did not take a penalty. And yeah, let's replace him with the knuckle dragger who got his ass handed to him, <laughs> you know, the next night in the A. It's like, really? Like, you can sit there and go, well, Anaheim's a heavier team. And yeah, I'm, I'm not buying that, man. You might be able to get away with that with Vegas, not with Anaheim. This is not your, your, your dad's Anaheim team anymore. Corey Perry doesn't live here. <laughs> Just saying. But anyway, I'll get off my soapbox yet again. God, it keeps making its way onto the show. I That just, it made, like, okay, so 
the first game of the season, I don't even remember what happened, but he gets a concussion and, and it sucks. Like concussions are no joke. They're no fun. It definitely sucks. But you, you come back from your first game after rehabbing a concussion. And I even said at the time on Twitter, I said, this fight makes zero sense. Why? Yeah. There was no big hit that nobody was mouthing off. Nothing happened. And then all of a sudden, Prout is fighting somebody on the Ducks. And I'm like, what's the point? And so with that, without further ado, for let's just give you a little quickie, shall we? Ooh, Barracuda. So for those of you who were unaware, in the month of November, the Barracuda don't know how to win. (laughs) (laughs) Holy hell, has it been a nightmare for the Cuda? They have lost six straight. Now, as we're talking about this, they are leading the Tucson Roadrunners after Joey Chestnut just destroyed a bunch of waffles, and boy, does he look thrilled to do it. (laughs) <laughs> wow i mean good lord uh just like where are the buckets that's what i <laughs> want to know couple Man. things here so poor tanya she's like why did i agree to this <laughs> like the things i do for minimum wage no i'm kidding i'm kidding yeah, yeah. and joey looks like he's being waterboarded and <laughs> and matt like he looks like a cartoon character a little that's bit what i look like when i eat popcorn Matt is here going, yep, same hit, different day. Yep. <laughs> so I, what, I, just, I don't care what it is. You put it in front of me, I'm going to eat it. Uh, so we'll what a good s- choice, though. Like, on a totally side note, like, like waffles are just fantastic. <laughs> mm. <laughs> on a totally side note. There's some good gifts out there of, I can't remember, there's a hockey player and he's like staring at a waffle oh. that's floating in space. Oh, is it from the flames? Oh, it's a, no, it's a, uh, uh, it's Dustin Penner. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. It's a Russian dude. I thought it was Rafi Torres. Nope, nope. It's the one where he like looks and he's, he's seeing it all around and then he goes, and then they yeah. put the, yeah, it's a Russian guy. Oh, I'll find it. I'll find it. Anyway, yeah, we could be here all day with this. So let's move on and uh, finish everything off. Uh, Speaking of the San Jose. There you go. That's the one. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) San Jose Barracuda hopefully will win tonight versus the Tucson Roadrunners on 408 night. And you watch. Now that they finally won a game, it's like, okay, what can we bring Chestnut and Stoney to eat next game? (laughs) (laughs) It's got to be something from the arena. Like, like. Cheesesteak. Oh, oh, God, no. They would have, like, half of one and then die. Like, it's got... What can you get at the arena that you can, like, put away? It's got to be, like... Dude, those... Dude, no, dude. You know what they need to do? They need to get those ridiculously... No, those ridiculously huge milkshakes that they're doing at the boardwalk kiosk now. Oh, (laughs) dude, just from the sugar... Well, it's it's like, all right, free diabetes to everybody who shows up tonight. (laughs) Diabetic or, or like diabetic comes for everybody. How many? How many of these these personal pizza factory pizzas can you put away? Right. Baked now, potatoes. Oh man! Oof. Oh, that would be. Ugh. That would be simultaneously fascinating and gross at the yeah. same yeah. time. I feel like I mean, we, like they're they're we, easy to digest because they're really you know they're semi solid. For but those of you, so messy. 
for those of you listening on your lunch break, uh, we apologize for the last 60 seconds of audio. <laughs> Let's move on, please. Uh, so <laughs> speaking of the CUDA, we did just wrap uh, In the Reef episode four with Kevin Lacey and Nick Nolenberger. So go check that out if you want to know a little bit more about what's going on with the Barracuda, including a little bit on Blickfeld, your tanking, and Weinger. Got into a little bit of stuff there. So check that out in Cornosh. Dude, back-to-back shutouts, can't stop a beach ball. Okay, let's get into... Well, okay, you'll be ahead. happy to know the, the Barracuda, uh, Leon, Leon Bergman just scored. It's 5-0 Barracuda, and Joachim Blickfeld had the secondary assist, so there you go. Sweet, okay. sweet, sweet. I, don't, sweet. I, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to the latest uh, episode of The Reef yet, but I'm sure Kevin Lacey made a mention about Blickfeld getting an assist, so... It would well, not uh, surprise me. Well, that we'll and Auntie Suamela getting two goals, looking also having a goal in this game, uh, starting to come into form here a little bit. Uh, that, of course, happening in a 9-3 shellacking, the worst loss in <laughs> franchise history down in San Diego. But I digress. Let's move on, please, quickly. Uh, <laughs> a couple things. Um, I, I, look, I like to rant from time to time. Uh you've ever listened to anything I've ever said, you've probably gotten that idea. The warm-up jerseys for the Sharks this season. I like I like your layout. Like I I like what you're doing. Like the the Sharks freak and Sharks uprising. Like I dig the design and you're going into some interesting and new areas. But I need to know, why did you guys cheap out on the crests that are on the front? And the reason why I ask this is that the Sharks Foundation put out a package called a teal tote. Now, they did something like this last season where it was, if you spend a grand, you can get this autographed jersey, and you can pick a player who's going to autograph it and everything, and then you get a bunch of other accoutrements, if you will, uh, whether it's like a, a backpack or a fleece or an autographed puck or whatever. There's other things that come along with this, but the... The big money item, of course, is the autographed jersey. Now, I dig these designs, but the crest, up until this year, it was always a nice embroidered stitch crest, like what's on every other Sharks jersey. But for some reason, this year, it's it's all the material that you would see now on a patch for an Adidas jersey on the shoulder patch. It's where it's not embroidered. It's it's I don't even know what that is. It's almost, remember those puppy stickers when you were a kid in school? <laughs> like that's kind of it has this kind of like I I understand it all goes to charity and to support a foundation and everything. And I understand all the money does good things or every it, but when you're spending that kind of money, you feel like you want something a little bit more uh valuable to come back your way and it's just after years of having these gorgeous embroidered crests it's this is just my personal view i'm not a fan of these new like i thought the teal tote thing i thought that was like a one-off but after sharks freak night when they had warm-up jerseys available they're the same way where it's kind of this it's it's not what we're used to for a normal patch but i'm sure somebody will sit there and go well you know what it makes for a lighter jersey like it almost makes me wonder if they're trying this out and then if everybody likes it, it's kind of like, yeah, this is what we're going to do next season. And I'm just going to go, oh, God, this is horrible. <laughs> I, I almost wonder if it has to do 
with the amount of uh, the amount of specialty warm-up jerseys the Sharks are doing this year, and maybe trying to offset some costs or something like that. Because uh, you remember, like obviously with Reebok, and then the first year of the Adidas, it was like, okay, military hockey fights cancer, um, uh, well, and on. then we'll and then we'll give you like one or two themes. And yeah. now this year the Sharks had they had military, they had hockey fights cancer like normal. But then just by my count, one, two, three, four, five different themes. Yep. No, they got and, and five that's... this year, but they also did military. They're selling military ones in the stores. Those don't even have that kind of credit. It's literally like printed on like it's it's yeah it's like screen printed the logo the sharks logo yeah. where it looks like it has that look where it was kind of like spray painted on those military mm-hmm. ones and what's funny is uh they're already like hanging on like a clearance rack in the shark store which <laughs> if you're familiar with the shark store uh, they really don't have anything in the way of clearance stuff so it was interesting to see those like up front and center and the really funny thing is that i picked one up and i'm looking at it and i'm going i go well you know, this looks nice, but it looks cheap to me because that it, again, it looks like it's spray painted on there. And then of course some fan behind me goes, dude, did, did fanatics make that and put an Adidas logo on it? Oh. <laughs> that was the whole thing, dude. He's like, dude, that, that'll flake off in one dry cleaning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I hope this is like just a one year tryout thing and they go back to like nice quality embroidery on their crests on the front. This is, if you want to keep the patches that way, okay, sure. I'm still not a fan because if you look at the warm-up jerseys that Jerk and I got last season, those gorgeous patches that are embroidered on the shoulders. Stop, stop. And the one in front. You're making me jealous. Oh, Oh, baby, a triple. Listen, stop it, you guys. Oh, you, You have to love it. When you see that jersey, yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm, it's in my closet right now. I'm seriously considering hanging it on my wall just because we're talking about it. Right? I just want to go pet it, don't you? I, dude, oh, I, I think we can throw back to, uh, we can do a callback to last episode. Just touch, touch the patch, rub touch the patch, the touch, touch the patch, touch rub the patch, touch it, touch it. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, <laughs> Jesus Christ, this should have ended 20 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> last thing we're going to touch That's on. That's what she said. Right. We're going to talk about the John Totora interview that we had earlier this week. If you didn't if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, go check it out on our channels, SoundCloud, YouTube, whatever podcast catcher you enjoy. The key takeaway in my talk with John Totora, which was essentially all about the plans for the development that are going to occur in the downtown area, whether it's Google and their big massive complex where they're just buying up anything that has a for sale sign around it that's within a mile of the tank. There's also the arrival of BART that is eminent and the expansion of Deerdon Station. So the key piece of information that came out of this talk was the Sharks own lots A, B, and C, the primary parking that is associated with SAP. And when you look at the plans that have been shared by Google or others, what it doesn't say anywhere and all the things that I've looked at is that the Sharks own and control those lots. And for the city to sell that property off to Google 
the sharks have to sign off on that. So, the, you know, I, don't get too worried about something happening with that. Don't look at these maps and go, how the hell am I going to park at SAP Center in five years or whenever things start to happen? And John made it very clear that if they were to sign off to sell those parcels of land or, or sell, sign off so that San Jose could sell those parcels of land, that it would only be if the fan experience was maintained how it currently is or exceeded what it currently is. So what I'm trying to say is don't freak out too much when you see these plans. Take it all with a grain of salt. The other thing as well that people have discussed is the fact that the Sharks in 2015 signed this lease agreement. Part of it was 10 years through 2025. We're just going to sign this like 10-year extension. We're here through 2025, but after that, it will go annually through 2040. Now, another key piece of information that seems to have been lost in almost everything that I've read about this is it would lend you to believe that, oh, once it goes annually, San Jose or the Sharks can opt out and say, okay, yeah, we're going to move in a year or something, whatever, but that's it. And that is, in fact, not the case. It's also not the case of San Jose can't say, hey, Sharks, God, we've loved having here these last 30 years, but we want to do something else there. And so if you could find another home, we'd really appreciate that. San Jose does not have that option. It's only San Jose that can exercise, uh, the San Jose Sharks can exercise this clause. And if and when they do it, they have to give a three-year notice. So if that even comes out, they would still remain at the tank for another three years after that. Either way, that's just some information. It was a great conversation with him. I suggest if you're concerned about any of the development, go listen to it. But I just wanted to give you some key pieces for those of you who don't, but you do listen to us. If you're thinking about it, considering any of those things that are going to impact the SAP Center, I wanted to share that information with you because I know I was freaking out about it, to be quite honest. <laughs> I was losing my mind. With that, we got a couple more interviews coming up, so pay attention to this channel. As always, hit the subscribe button on the YouTube. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the notification bell so you know and get that cool little email that says, hey, they're live now or there's a new video or there's something premiering. Be informed. Follow us on Twitter, at TealTownUSA. Same thing with Instagram. All those cool things. So with that, Rocket, where can the people find you on the social media channels? On the social media channels, you can find me over on Twitter, rbackhander76, that's capital R, capital B, little backhander76. Hockey, girl stuff, you know, just, just angsty, grouchy person with a lot of hot takes, and sometimes I live tweet the game, sometimes I don't, it depends. Whatever, follow me, don't follow me. Or you can check out my photographs. Currently, I'm taking pictures of all the animals in the house right now. Um... I don't know. It's just stuff I do. So, yeah, it's a uh, photographs over on Instagram. Rocket backhander, one word. Hey, Jay. Jerkman. Hockey underscore jerk on Twitter. That's the place to go if you want to know my thoughts, feelings, opinions about this hockey team, the San Jose Sharks, that we all love and enjoy. And if you really want, if you want to know my thoughts, feelings, and opinions on other teams as well, that you can also go there. I do watch a lot of hockey. I've said it before. I try to watch at least two games a day. Um, if there's a Sharks are playing, then it's three games a day because I'm, I'm, uh, 
Yeah, it, it, it's uh, so there's not a lot going on. So uh, that's that's what I'm doing. And what's your <laughs> monthly subscription rate if people want a response? Well, so so um, I'm glad you asked, AJ. Uh, can I call you AJ? Is that okay? Uh, absolutely. Uh, so <laughs> I'm doing a deal right now. It's only for the uninformed fan. You can get a month subscription. It's only $69.69. Nice. For nice. you. You can reply. You can like. You cannot slide into the DMs just yet. That's going to be the uh, the upgraded pack, which also comes with little a little other fun things I can't divulge right now. Um, but yeah, big things cooking over here. <laughs> and I fear we've gone off the rails yet once again. Where we're going, we don't need rails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Nice. All right. So, fine. Be a part of the show. Hit us up, and we will take your comments and requests on the next one, which is, of course, show number 82. So thanks very much for watching or listening, depending on whichever way you swing. Praising. We got to go. See you for show 82, guys. <laughs>